Hello and welcome back to another episode of Nick Tiffany's Movie Reviews in the podcast form. Today we're turning our attention to DC with their first of four releases for their calendar year of 2023 amid a gigantic shift into an entirely new universe. Um, Shazam 2, Shazam Fury of the Gods, finds itself in a weird place, so says James Gunn, the new head of DC, you know, saying that Shazam's always kind of existed off on the side, you know, so he could totally play a role in our future. There's all these talks from Zachary Levi, who plays Shazam, and other people like, hey, you know, if you want to see Shazam in the new universe, like, it can totally happen, but people need to show up. People need to make it a box office success, so it's like, it really is up to the fans to see if we get to continue our stories, um, which is already kind of like a weird, I don't know, James Gunn announcing his DC slate before these last DC films released has caused a lot of problems. Um, the Flash already has a ton of issues on top of an inflated budget, a huge marketing budget. They need that to be a success. Um, and it's really obvious that The Flash got some of Shazam! Fury of the Gods money, uh, both because the director has now talked about not having the budget that they were uh, promised, perhaps, um, some of that budget, and some of their shots having to be scrapped because it's like, okay, you know, they need a tighter run time, um, you know, they need that money elsewhere, as Warner Brothers is just hemorrhaging money. Um, so... You know, there, there's so many issues going on over there at Warner Brothers in DC. And Shazam! Fury of the Gods is a movie that introduces three new characters, um, two of which are villains. Helen Mirren and uh, Lucy Liu happen to play them. Hespera and Calypso, being Greek, uh, Greek goddesses. You've also got Anthea, played by Rachel Zegler. And these are new characters not just to the world of Shazam, but DC Comics. They just made up villains or new heroes for the movie. Um, which I can understand to a degree because there's all the drama between Shazam and Black Adam. Because Black Adam is technically Shazam's villain. Um, and the two of them fight. But The Rock was really vehemently against appearing in a Shazam movie because these movies are so geared towards kids um, and much more of a family film, whereas The Rock was like, no, Black Adam deserves his own badass movie. You know, he's not the same character. Shazam is a boy who gains the power of the gods and turns into a man. Um, Black Adam's already a man. You know, there's no cheesiness. There's no goofiness as far as um, his character goes. And so he wanted to keep them separate. He wanted The Rock. Uh, the Rock wanted Black Adam and Superman to kind of have their own battle. Um, and I'm like, and honestly, like, even though I know it makes sense that he would fight Shazam first, I don't see a world where this Shazam beats Black Adam. Um, and that's partly just because the huge issue for me with Fury of the Gods, outside of just like, hey, we're going to make up brand new villains, random new villains, even though you've already also set up a teaser in your last film. But the biggest detractor for me had to be the direction that they kind of keep taking Zachary Levi in, 
as he is Shazam. Um, Asher Angel, who plays Billy Batson, you know, in the first film, he was around 14. So I think it made a little bit more sense for his alter ego to be much more immature. Obviously, he's a 14-year-old. Highly, you know, your middle school, early high school. Totally makes sense that you're just going to be making jokes all the time, doing silly things, making inappropriate bathroom jokes, whatever it is. You know, the first Shazam, the humor I think they get away with because it is like, all right, you know, the kids are pretty young. And it is like, that That probably is how they might talk. Um, but this time around, Billy's 18, or he's just about to turn 18. And part of his own internal dilemma in the film is that because he's in a foster home, once you turn age, uh, 18, you're going to age out. You know, and he doesn't know, you know, are they going to want me to stay? Should I just go on my own? Do I not even push it? Um, and he has some of these um, conflicts and reservations as far as his future goes. But it's not as explored as you would hope it would be. And then when he turns into Shazam, Zachary Levi is still playing him like he's a 14-year-old rather than an 18-year-old who's on the cusp of manhood, who's far more mature. Um, and frankly, every time Billy is on screen, you're almost kind of like, eh, why don't we just make him Shazam? Why don't we just put a costume on him? And he's just a little bit younger. But, you know, Asher Angel's probably early 20s now, and so obviously he's starting to look like more of a man than when he first played the role. Um, but... Uh, I mean, I know people love the fun, schlocky, cheesy DC stuff, whatever. I know there's a market for that, and I know there's also the huge market for that over at Marvel. Although I will say, you know, I think those times are changing. People are really starting to wind down over at Marvel, and they're really going to start taking better care of the projects they push forward and who's creating them. Um, and so Shazam Fury of the Gods, they brought back writer Henry Gaiden from the first film, but they added Chris Morgan as a writer here. And if you don't know that name, he is pretty synonymous with the Fast and Furious. You know, not only is he one of the producers of almost all the Fast and Furious movies, um, he literally has written probably since, what, the fourth Fast and Furious, I think. He's written all the Fast and Furious movies and 47 Ronin. So, and he wrote Hobbs and Shaw, of course, which is also, you know, a Fast and Furious spinoff. There are multiple scenes in this movie where Shazam himself makes jokes. And the whole point is it's like, you know what, Helen Mirren, you old lady, I'm going to take you down because we got one thing that you don't. I've watched Fast and Furious 1 through 9. And you know what we have? Family. You know, we, we got family. And they keep making, like, there's multiple references to the Fast and Furious movies and the whole idea of, like, hey, family needs to stick together. And if there's one thing these movies taught us, nothing's impossible without family. And it's just like, really? Really? I mean, like, I get product placement, but I'm like, bro, you couldn't write anything better than that. You're just going to plug your movies that really don't need plugging, that make enough money on their own. Um, there's just, for all the good parts of this movie, um, which I would say the, you know, the cast, the supporting cast around Shazam, his other, uh, 
his other heroes. Um, I mean, they were great. Grace Caroline Curry gets to play Mary in both versions, essentially, kind of like what I was talking about with what they should have done with Asher, where, you know, her alter ego and her superhero form essentially is just her beefed up a little bit with a uh, with a superhero costume. So she was great. Uh, Rachel Zegler and Jack Dylan Grazer, um, they are pretty good together. I'm not going to lie. You know, in one of those kind of cutesy teenage romance type deals. He's funny, but obviously getting picked on. But, you know, she really just admires his courage and his bravery. And, and I don't know. They definitely, they have a good little, a good little bit together. Jack Dylan Grazer is one of those. I'm like, I hope in the future he kind of just keeps it, you know, tone it down a little bit. I don't know if it was the writing in this one either, maybe, that kind of led him in that direction. But... You know, he's almost kind of doing his own little Shia LaBeouf where he's speaking real quick and real fast. And, and you're like, you just slow it down, buddy. You're not that guy. Um, and you don't need to be. You don't need to be. He was so good in the It movies. Um, and I know that, you know, in It Chapter 2, even though, when they came back, it felt a little bit forced. So it's just, you know, ease off it a little. And I think he's going to hit a perfect spot. Um, Faith Herman, who plays Darla who's the youngest of the foster children, um, and then Megan Good, who plays the superhero version of her. Um, I thought they were great. Their two characters felt exactly in sync as far as what the you know, more mature version would say with an 11-year-old's mind or with the 8-year-old's mind, however old she was. Um, and so, you know, I'm like, there were... There's some fun movement... Like, there's some fun moments in this movie, for sure. Um, there's a lot of forced comedy which is just DC's whole thing now since uh, since Justice League. You know, they're like, superhero movies, they need to be funny. And they can be if it's organic. But, um, you know, catching the woman as her car is falling and she's listening to I Need a Hero. And then the character makes a point to refer, like, wait, are you really listening to this song while I saved you? Oh, my God, that's amazing, you know? And, you know, I just punched a dragon. <laughs> this is the best, you know? There's just, like, it's just cheesy. For the sake it feels of being cheesy. Um, and again, I know they kind of got screwed on their budget. I know they kind of got screwed a little bit by The Rock. Um, but again, you know, their new villains they created were fine. Um, the effects were fine. Some of them were pretty good. Some of them were pretty rushed or maybe just not totally finished. Um, but again, you know, as soon as this movie was projected to lose money and only make maybe 70 million in America. I mean it was it's been low. This movie has become the lowest grossing comic book film in a long time. Um and that's it's a sign of the times I think too. People just kind of maybe they want quality. Maybe they can kind of tell or maybe they're like, you know, the first Shazam was fine, you know, but that's all it was. It was just a fun time at the movie. Can't tell you how many kids movies I've seen that are just they're throwaway. Not that Shazam or Shazam Fury of the Gods are throwaway, because they're not. Um, but I, I feel like you can feel the intent um, when you're watching certain filmmakers' movies. Um, and, you know, I, I think they're well-intended here in Fury of the Gods, but again, I think they just kind of got screwed on a lot of different fronts by Warner Brothers. Um, and all of the powers that be over there with everything going on in DC. Um, you know, it's a fine, 
fine couple hours for the family. You know, it's it's not going to change your world or anything. But I personally don't think we're going to see at least this version of Shazam in the future of the DCU. Um, you know, even though Zachary Levi is really great friends with producer Peter Safran, who's the co-CEO or chief of DC with uh, Zachary Levi's other good friend, James Gunn, he kind of went on a meltdown on, like, on Instagram. You know, a lot of people are like, hey, you know, you're going to use Wonder Woman in your movie, but it's going to be, like, for the purposes of a joke, or it's, you know, they're pulling the same Superman deal they did the first time. But Zachary Levi's just been, like, on Instagram Live, just frantically talking to people and telling them everything that kind of went wrong and everything they were hoping to do, and... You know, he's speaking a million miles a minute, and he's like, well, come on, guys, you know, like, we really, we were going to have something better for you, and this is the only reason that this happened. And it's like trying to explain, like, you can go watch John Wick, I won't blame you, but you can't take the family to John Wick, so take the family to Shazam, go support this movie. It was on digital in, like, three weeks, which I feel like I've said that so many times this year already. Um... But again, I just watched a great interview with Zack Snyder and the Russo brothers. Um, the Russo brothers, obviously, of Avengers Endgame, Captain America Civil War. Um, just, you know, and obviously Zack Snyder needs no introduction. Um, but the two of them talking about the idea that nowadays, because of COVID, which really kind of drew a hard line in the movie industry, there is a movie to be seen in the theaters and made for the theaters. And then there are movies that are being made for TV distribution. Um, You know, there have always been made-for-TV movies, but now more than ever between Netflix, Apple, Hulu, everybody is making, you know, even uh, Warner Brothers. You know, the Batgirl, which was shelved by DC because apparently it was unwatchable and it was a detriment to all involved, but Shazam, which is losing $100 plus, is that much better. Um, which I just don't believe, but again, there's just so many issues over there that we'll deal with that another time. Um, but DC is releasing Blue Beetle in theaters, which was going to be an HBO Max, now just Max, which is also BS. Um, it was going to be an HBO Max straight to video release. It wasn't going to come out in the theaters like Batgirl, or maybe at the end Batgirl was going to get a limited theatrical run. Whatever, because Brendan Fraser had the whale, and, you know, that could have been good press. But uh, but Blue Beetle was going to be a straight-to-video, de- uh, straight um, or straight-to-streaming. And watching the trailers, I mean, it looks enjoyable, but it kind of feels like, all right, yeah, I don't, I don't know if this is going to make you the money in theaters that you think it is, but... Um, so, I don't know. Shazam! Fury of the Gods exists... Almost in limbo. And again, you know, any production on or around the COVID mark certainly had its issues just in terms of getting everything done and getting what you wanted to be done efficiently. Um, but I don't know. I'm, the movie's going to be on HBO Max, maybe probably after it turns into Max and they drop the HBO bit. Um, so if you're curious to see it, I would wait for it then. I don't think you need to necessarily spend the money to rent it um because again you know we don't even know where it goes after this um but we'll see how the flash does and we'll come have this conversation and we'll start to explore things then because 
DC doesn't have a lot of hope in Aquaman already. So we'll catch you next time. And we're going to talk Ant-Man. Because now Ant-Man's out on digital. So we'll see you then.